0: Thank you for listening to this message, brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. All right, Genesis 21. This is not going to be like a message you've ever heard before. Uh, uh, and I'm going to do my best to try to communicate something, a thing on my heart. So in Genesis 21, <clears throat> there's a story here about Sarah and Hagar and Abraham and Ishmael. And I want to read it. So follow along with me, starting with verse one, we're going to go all the way down to 20 or 19, excuse me. Uh, it says, "And the Lord visited Sarah as He had said. I love that statement, by the way. There's a message right there, as he said. <laughs> and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken, for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, and at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, uh, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was 100 years old, uh, when his son uh, Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh uh, so that all that, w- uh, all that here will laugh with me. And Sarah said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have been given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Boy, excitement, right? And as the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast, the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. Now the story changes, doesn't it? Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son. Isn't it amazing? And her son, like it's not even her, uh, Sarah's son anymore. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir to my son, with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. It's amazing what was going on here, and I, I could feel his pain. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, and because of the bondwoman, and all that Sarah hath said unto thee. Hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water. That's where the focus is going to be today. That's why that bottle of water is in your hand. And gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. I was just there, just not too long ago. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. In other words, the, the water was gone, and she had given up hope. And she went, she sat her down and sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bowshot, for she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him, and lift up her voice and wept. Now I want you to catch these verses. These are so pertinent to my message this morning. And God heard the voice of the lad, And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. Look at that. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. Oh, my father. There's so many illustrations here, so many applications. And I'm just going to pick one, Lord, to help us understand that we have a work to do. And you've already given us the example of how to do it. And I trust, Lord, this will help us in our these next two weeks especially as we ask people to come to church and hear about you, our Savior. We trust, Lord, uh, that they will come, people will get saved, uh, we want to be honest with them that that's the main goal of our hearts is just to have them find Jesus, find you, Lord, and have their lives change forever. So thank you for every opportunity we're going to have, and we pray that this application will apply to our hearts here today. In Jesus' name, amen. This past week, of all weeks, uh, we uh, buttoned up the RV over here, and I drove it over to the local place where I get propane gas, so that we can t- continue to have heat in the RV uh, until the house is done. Uh, I mean, you got to have heat out there. It, we just can't survive without heat. Well, to our disappointment, what happened was uh, I went over to get it, uh, and the, uh, the manager came out of the store, and, he, and he, uh, uh, the, the attendant had called them because I could see a concern on his face. And they opened up, and those of you who are RVers know a little bit about this, opened up the ta- propane tank and looked on it. And the date of its, uh, in, uh, of its inception, I should say, was 2001. And they don't, do, uh, they don't fill tanks after 12 years from the time it was made because it could be dangerous. My tank, unfortunately, is full of rust. Uh, so th- the manager said, I'm so sorry, but we can't fill your tank. And I had been filling it there for a while. Just nobody ever caught that. I never caught it. Uh, So needless to say, I came back very disappointed. Main reason is we got to have heat to live. (laughs) And I'm not sure what we're going to do. There's still about, um, well, I know what we're going to do. But I wasn't sure what we were going to do at that point. There's still about uh, half a tank of propane in there. I just wanted to top it off so that I made sure I could make it through the rest of the winter and make it into the new house. Uh, and without the tank filled, we would not have enough heat to stay warm nor enough heat to keep everything from freezing up in that RV. And needless to say, I came back feeling really dejected. I called my wife and all I could think of was Hagar. Now listen to me, you've got to listen carefully to this. And this message that I gave years ago. Now, sometimes I do bring back some old messages and, and I want to give it today. I remember reading this passage and I'm sure you've read it several times, but I remember reading this passage and feeling really sorry for Hagar. I really did. Uh, Now, she wasn't innocent in all of this at all, uh, but I just want to say I felt really sorry for her. Hagar was certainly not innocent in all this, but in my opinion, she was taken advantage of for her loyalty to Sarah and, uh, and was definitely not appreciated for it. Instead, after she did what her master and his wife told her to do, uh, to have a child, because she couldn't wait and wasn't dependent upon or trusting in God for the promises that he promised, that he said he would do, as he sa- had said, right? they abandoned her. And they extradited her, extradited, extradited her and her son. So Ishmael was now at least 14 years old when you think about this. He did something. He mocked his little brother in some way. But whatever it was, it really doesn't matter to me, uh, nor does it matter to God, or it would have been in there. But Sarah was angry and went straight to Abraham and demanded that he cast out his bondwoman and her son. Wow, when you think about it, how the attitude changed, didn't it? Still... She continued, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir to my son, even Isaac. Two interesting points here before we get started. Number one is, wasn't Ishmael her son too? Maybe adopted or whatever, doesn't matter, he's still her son. And, and secondly was, wasn't Hagar her loyal maid? And how interesting it is that how she, soon she turned on to both of them. Uh, now, think about it, now she's just a bondwoman. And now he's just an illegitimate son. In fact, in chapter sixteen, Sarah gave uh, gave Hagar to Abraham to be his wife. But once Ishmael was born, right, and Isaac was born, then all of a sudden everything changed about Ishmael. So Hagar went from being a blessed blessed servant to a worthless slave. Ishmael went from being a wanted son to a worthless scoundrel. Boy, as Shakespeare once said, right. (laughs) <laughs> oh, what a wicked web we weave when we first practice to deceive. So the bitter consequences of Sarah's own foolishness and lack of faith had now come full circle. And Abraham and Sarah had watched Ishmael grow up. He, he's now 14 years into his age, and now they don't want any part, or she doesn't want any part of him. So now, under pressure from his wife, what Abraham does, he had the most unthinkable task that any father could be asked to do. Get rid of your son. He had to evict his own son out of his own home. And unquestionably, this was very painful for Abraham. It tells, it, that. it tells us that in Scripture. It was his son. Regardless of how he came into the world and, who, and what woman brought him into the world, it was still his son. He too, like Sarah, uh, through lack of faith and rebellion against God's promise, had an affair with with Hagar, a- and now it would bring trouble to his nation for years to come, even to this very day. Now, what am I talking about? Well, uh, this was the Arabic people. The uh, Ishmael came out of a your Muslim generation right now. Muslims are out of this out of the sun. So, by the way, this wasn't the first time Hagar fled where water was an issue either. The first time it was when it was by the water that the angel found her, she was pregnant. So in Genesis 16, when she fled the first time, she was pregnant with Ishmael. The angel told her to return to Sarah because his seed would be blessed also. And uh, so the angel also said this about Ishmael. In Genesis 16:12. he said he will be a wild man and his hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. It's amazing, isn't it? Much of Arabic, peop- uh, Arabic people groups to this day trace their lineage to Ishmael. Uh, the descendants of Ishmael to this day have been nothing but trouble for Israel. Uh, in fact, he's been a thorn in their side. And by the way, when it says that uh, He shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. They're right there in Israel all living together. And it's just like every week, if you haven't heard, just recently, uh, I'm glad I wasn't there, but if I was there I would have had to put up with this. They were blocking streets and protesting in Israel. So the angel said that Israel's hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And they cohabitate together right now with that truth. Uh, right there in Israel. So God decided, though we're not told why, Abraham needed to listen to Sarah and evict them both out of his home, but he gave Abraham his word that he would make a nation out of his son Ishmael because he was still Abraham's seed, and he has done that. And by the way, that's why we need to love the Muslims, and we need to try to reach the Muslims, even those there's an erratic There's a type that's uh, very terroristic and there's still, most of them are not that way and we need to reach them for Jesus Christ. So Abraham and Hagar and Ishmael uh, were put away by faith with some bread and only a little bottle of water and here he was being tried for his face just like he would be again the next chapter with his son Isaac in Mount Moriah. Boy, I'll tell you, Abraham was put to the test, wasn't he? And sometimes we all are too, you know, to find out how faithful we are, how much we trust in our God. So in both cases, what did he have to do? He had to believe God and let his sons go, believing one day God would bless them both. And God did. So that was the last time Abraham would see his son, but God kept his word. Hagar wandered for for some time in the wilderness of Beersheba until her water bottle was empty. And then she did the unthinkable. She placed Ishmael under a shrub, and she walked away. She only got a couple of hundred yards away when grief overcame her, and she sat down and said, let me not see the death of this child. Now, this is all by way of introduction. This is where we pick up the story and where I want us to learn an important lesson, especially about our mission for this month to go and tell come and see go and tell we're going to be asking people to come and then we're going to tell them who they need now listen to me although Hagar had been less than wise in all that she that had come to pass she nevertheless was a victim but God remained faithful so don't miss this, okay? And you've got a bottle of water in your hand. I want you to hold that bottle of water for a minute as I try to give you these basic truths. <clears throat> water is a in the Bible is always a sign of life. In other words, you cannot live without water. Um, you can live quite a, quite a long time, maybe three, four weeks without food. But For the most part, you're going to make it about a week to ten days and you're going to die if you don't have some water. So even though God knew of her faults, he still came to her rescue. Here's one of the most wonderful lessons we learn about God. You see, man in sin always ends up in misery. But God's love is always rich in mercy. Let me say that again. Man in his sin always ends up in misery. But God's love is always rich in mercy to those who cry out to him. He heard that little child. He heard that lad, 14 years old. But he also heard his mother. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us. Ephesians 2, 4. Now think about it. We've all sinned against God. But God loved us so much, he made a way for us to come back to him. He was rich in mercy when he sat, sent Jesus. He did not excuse our sin, but he made a way for us to recover from it through the shed blood of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Now that's that's a love story right there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life For God sent not his son into the world to, what? Condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God is in the business of saving people. There's not a greater illustration of it than right here. A while back in Albany, Georgia, I don't know if you're familiar with this, a few years back, a new baby was born and he was left to die in the woods she was sealed up in a, it was a girl, she was sealed up in a garbage bag. And somehow, by the grace of God, in his tender mercies, he allowed the voice of this crying baby to be heard by a nearby family uh, in a neighborhood nearby in the middle of the night. They called the police, the police came, and they ended up saving the baby's life. Do you remember that story? It was a huge story. Tragedies like this don't always end up this well. But let me just say this. But the anguish is still the same. The pain that they had to go through is still the same. It's the same anguish we feel here in Genesis 21. It would have been hopeless if it weren't for verses 17 and 19 and that God heard the voice of that lad. We would be hopeless if God didn't hear our cries of desperation in our sin and send Jesus Christ to deliver us. I want you to take notice. God heard the cries of Hagar and her son. He hears the cries of desperation. Don't miss that truth. You know, here's why. Because it will come handy someday for someone probably in the sanctuary or within my voice on live stream. God immediately dispatched an angel to rescue them. He promised her that he would make her son a great nation, and that he opened her and then he opened her eyes to a well of water, where she could refill her bottle. In other words, to recover her, she must have been parched, probably near death. Now, with all that said, this may seem insignificant, but listen to me: God refills empty bottles. Yes, he does. If your bottle's empty, he wants to refill it. God hears hears Hagar's cries. He saw her tears. He felt her pain. But he also uh, refilled her bottle. And he'll do the same for anybody within my voice. That right now is struggling with an empty bottle. This message is just a simple reminder for us this morning that We are not to forget about Jesus Christ and our responsibilities to him as Christians to fill empty bottles on his behalf. Now turn with me over to Matthew 25, and then I'll give you my points and we're through. In Matthew 25, in verse 31, I want you to read along with me, and I want you to hear something that God said. It's the key to understanding the passage we just read in Genesis, and the key to hearing and feeling the heart of God. It says in Matthew twenty-five, verse thirty-one: "When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon His the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all the nations." And he shall separate them from one another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, or clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as we have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Wow. The key to understanding this both passages is to see and hear and feel the heart of God. Uh, uh, The sheep are evidently Gentiles in this passage when you read full through here uh, who will trust Christ as their Savior during the tribulation. The king's brethren, no doubt, are, are the believing Jewish people who will undergo some terrible persecution and opposition for their faith. The implication, implication here is that believing Gentiles—now listen, don't miss this—who were sincerely saved and suffering themselves during this time of awful persecution, extended sympathy and compassion to the suffering Jews. Are you with me so far? And then at verse thirty-five and through forty, in other, uh, it happens. In, it, it says, in other words, "You help my children." In my time of need, I'm going to help you in your time of need. Now what I'm doing is I'm building up a foundation for what I want to say about that water you have in your hand. Remember what he said to Abraham in Genesis 12, 3. If you don't, uh, with the times we're living in, it's time to revisit it. He said this, I will bless them that bless thee, I will curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So if anyone thinks they're going to get away with not blessing Israel, they are sadly mistaken, first of all. And much of the problems many Muslim countries face today is because they have cursed Israel when God wanted to bless them. So with the same heart as these Gentile believers in Matthew 25 who in the midst of their own suffering helped the suffering Jews, we too we too are to be comforting the ailments of others even while we're in need of comfort ourselves. Now this is what I'm trying to say. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforted us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them that are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves our comforter of God and that by the way is Second Corinthians one, three, and four. So here's my points. So how do we become more about bottle filling than about being bottle fed. What happens is is we can get very complacent and comfortable just taking care of ourselves putting on our things and doing the things we can do to encourage each other and forget about there are people out there in the world that have empty bottles. Our bottles are full here. You have one in your hand just to remind you that God has blessed you here. But it's also in your hand to remind you that there's people out there that don't have, some don't even have a bottle of water and others have no way of refilling their bottle of water because they're so empty and depressed and discouraged, and nobody's out there seeking them. So here's my points. Number one, stay intuitive. Stay intuitive to empty bottles. Most people need, or most people are struggling, who are under intense burdens, aren't going to beg you for help. They're not even going to tell you they need help. We have to stay intuitive to the needs of others and get off our thrones, right? Because that's what we do. We sit on our little thrones. It's about our lives, the struggles we're going through, the suffering, and we try to take care of each other. But what we're forgetting about is there are Hagar's out there that have made some stupid mistakes, and have gone through some bad times, their bottles are empty, they have no reason to live anymore, and they need us. Most people are not going to sound off about their needs to everyone on Facebook, blaming everyone who doesn't help them. They're just not going to do that. I can tell you for sure, you're not going to hear about all my problems. The only reason you even know I'm sick is because I had to come here and preach today. I believe most people with empty bottles are embarrassed to tell anyone what they've done, what got them in the predicament they are, and and they don't have any way of getting back to where they were. We have to get back to having a soul-saving consciousness and being intuitive to their needs. That means we've got to take the focus off ourselves and put the focus on Jesus Christ and what he wants done. There are people everywhere with empty bottles ready to give up. If you, if you don't believe this, just take a third world trip. I would love to take this church or some of the teenagers here on a third world trip, on the several, like on the several that I've been on. It changes your whole perspective of life. You are blessed. You've got food in your refrigerators. You've got a car, maybe with a payment. So what? You've got gas in your tanks. There's a lot of things we have that 90 percent of the world does not have. But you don't have to go halfway around the world to reach those type of people. They live right next to you. They work right alongside of you. And you want to know something else. They're sitting right beside you in church, very often, and they're not going to say anything. They're not going to let you know that they're hurting. That they're struggling. They can't pay their bills. They got some type of sickness nobody knows about. So what do we have to do? We got to stay intuitive of that, right? We got to stay. You know, we got to be thinking about that. Uh, if all we're doing is meeting our needs and not helping to meet the needs of others in need, we will never be able to see fruit produced here at Lighthouse. For many people during these tough times their bottles are spent. It's gone. In other words, they don't have a nickel to do anything. In other words, they don't have a will to live anymore. They have nothing left. And their only hope is Jesus Christ. And the only way they're going to find him is if we stay intuitive to their needs. In God's people if God's people don't help fill their empty bottles they will never be filled and as a result they'll never see or feel the love that only Jesus can provide for them while they go through their struggle so Hagar is a good example of someone who is trying her best to bless the very ones who didn't even care anything about her at all I mean they just threw her out to the wild She was spent. She had nothing left, nowhere to turn. Thank God Abraham at least provided her with a bottle that I could use for an illustration today. Otherwise, this message means absolutely nothing. Aren't you glad for Jesus coming to fill your empty bottle? Aren't you glad he used someone in your life to come and fill your empty bottle with himself? And thank God he provided us for a way to satisfy our needs in Jesus Christ. But whosoever drinketh of the water, Jesus said, that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You can find that in John 4.14. Sarah could have cared less if Hagar had a bottle. And I want to tell you something. That's the way most of the world thinks. As long as I got food on my table, I really don't care about... In fact, a lot of the world thinks that, well, that was their problem. They made their bed, and now they got to sleep in it. Well, maybe they did. But they don't have to sleep in it alone. Because we're supposed to be there intuitive to their needs so in fact she probably hoped that they would both die if I had to guess and uh, sometimes I wonder how many, some people don't think that themselves pardon the pun but it was no water off her back what happened to those so we have to as believers listen to me stay intuitive stay with me it's, t- it's, it's noon stay with me to see the needs of others. You cannot be a blessing if you're only looking for a blessing. Notice what God said. What aileth thee? He came in. What aileth thee? It was a rhetorical question to bring about a remarkable truth. He cares about us. He always sees our need. And will always meet our need needs if we just trust him. For whosoever hath this world's good and sees his brother hath need, First John 3:17, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? If we're not intuitive to others' needs and trying to meet their needs, how can we say that we have the love of God in us? Like I said earlier, although Hagar wasn't innocent, she nevertheless was a victim. The lesson is God knows who has empty bottles and he expects us to know also. Now here's my second point. Stay involved in filling bottles, everyone. Stay involved. You can take that bottle, twist the cap off, drink it yourself, or you could twist the cap off and fill somebody else's bottle. He knows those whose bottles are empty, and those and he also knows those who he expects to go and fill those bottles. He doesn't put up with apathy. You know, I can't imagine what God feels like when we just say, I don't care. I just don't care. When no one else cares, we are to care. If there's a message that we've got to give this world right now is that we care. We're going to have a we care Sunday, one of these Sundays your doctor may not care, your parents may not care, your boss may not care, family members may not care, but we care. Why? Because he cares for us. So when no one else cares, what happened? Jesus comes to the rescue. That's who we are. We're rescuers. We're to be his rescuers. He filled her bottle, he expects us to fill bottles. He blessed her son, he expects us to do the same. In fact, in Proverbs uh, 27, it says, "Withhold not good for them to whom it is due when it's in thy power of thy hand to do it." We're so blessed here; we have a lot we can give. We can uh, we can do a lot here by filling empty bottles. The story has given me great comfort, but it's also greatly convicted me. The reason you were all given bottles today is because of my conviction. I'm convicted, and I want you to be convicted. So these bottles are to remind us we have what others need right within our hands. It's now our job to find the bottles that are empty and fill them. And you can't do that, listen to me, by not getting involved or not caring enough to find out who it is that is in need. As cold waters is to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Proverbs 25, 25. The question for all of this morning all of us this morning, is where are we in this ministry God has called us to do in filling empty bottles? Where are we? Are we more interested in uh, just filling our own bottles? Or are we more interested in filling the bottles of others who are in need? So stay intuitive to the empty bottles. It's an effort. Stay involved in filling the bottles. When you see a bottle empty, Reach out and try to fill it. And lastly, stay invested in the work of God by furnishing filled bottles. <laughs> That's why I gave you all one today. Now, you can do with it what you, what you want with that bottle. But I challenge you this morning. I dare all of you to take your bottle and use it to reach somebody. There's a whole illustration you can t- Look up the verses about Jesus and the water of life. Look them up. Memorize them. Take this bottle and say, you should hear this weird message my pastor gave us this past Sunday. You know, he he actually gave us a bottle of water and told us to reach others who maybe their bottle might be empty and I'm just here to share with you the the message that he he gave us. I challenge you to do that. I dare you to do that this week to someone. It's It's a topic piece. That's all it is. It's just something you can start up a conversation with. It's just using that bottle. You can't expect God to continue to fill your bottle with the water you need if you're not willing to provide the bottle they need. So the truth is, in times like we're going through right now, you're either only making sure your bottle is filled, or you're seeking to fill the empty bottles of those in need. Now last week I gave out some water from the Jordan River Here's the reason I do this. I get the water out of one of the legs of the Jordan that is fresh water, in case somebody attempts to drink it thinking it's holy water and it's going to heal. And and I spent hours in my office with a little syringe. I did. (laughs) This is your wacky pastor. And taking that syringe and filling 500 little bottles. 500 of them. Why did I do that? Oh, I just love doing that. That's so all. It's fun. <laughs> right. Why did, I, why did I take that much time to do that? Because every one of them bottles, now I gave them to you, obviously, because you're the love of my life. You're the, you're the heart that uh, has touched my heart and my wife's heart. But I'm going to take them bottles, and I go everywhere with them, and it opens up the conversation. And there's not one person that doesn't want that bottle when they hear about that it came from Israel. Here's how I'll close this. In other words, you're either a blessing giver or you're a blessing taker. And there's far too many churches out there just about me getting what I need out of church. I can't tell you how many times through the years I've heard people say, you know, I'm just not getting fed here. Not just in my ministry. I'm talking about guys who are profound in their preaching and have somebody come out and say, you know, I've talked to them. I'm just not getting fed here. No, it's not that there isn't food there to eat. It's just they're more concerned about themselves than they are about others. So blessing givers look for the need and do everything they can to fill that need. Blessing takers, listen to me, they look out for themselves. And they're only looking for ways to fill their own needs. A blessing taker looks for what's in it for me. A blessing giver looks what's in it for Christ. Look not every man in his own things, it says in Philippians 2, 4, and 5, but every man also in the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, through the years, and we're done, through the years I've spent much of my ministry time ministering to people whose only ambition was to fill their own bottles. And actually they consumed much of my time when there was so much time needed for those that were in need true need. And they neglected the needs of others and wondered why their own needs weren't being met. I've watched so many make no effort into filling the bottles of others. I don't want that to happen here. Here's the truth. Those who have invested their lives into providing for others in need, (laughs) their bottles never go dry. You'll always have what you need. Their resources are always overflowing. because God makes sure of that. He said, "Give and I sh- and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, running over shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet, will all shall be measured to you again. Do you know because of the mercy and grace of God found in Jesus Christ, we should be filling bottles and blessings for the rest of our lives. We need to get filling bottles again. I'm not sure we ever stopped here. But I'm trying to crank up the speed a little bit. So I close with the same words God said to Hagar. Arise. Just arise. He says, lift up the lad and hold him in thy hand, for I make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water... And she went and filled the bottle of water and gave the lad drink. Listen, everybody, arise. Lift up Jesus. Go and tell them about the living water God has provided for you. Tell them about that, that they can receive that. It never runs out. and never runs dry. Remember what he said. For whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. That's the water that's in your hand. But whosoever shall drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. That's our mission. That's our calling. So let's get in the business of being intuitive to the empty bottles out there. Let's get involved into filling empty bottles and let's stay invested into their lives. Right? By furnishing bottles to everyone that's in need. Let these bottles, I know it's probably a basic uh, kindergarten lesson, but let these bottles of water remind us there are thirsty souls out there who need Jesus. Jesus needs us to lead them to his well where the water never runs dry and never runs out and is always safe for consumption. You know, I got to throw this in there. Harry, sorry. I have to. I just have to. Slowly. We're ten minutes after. You alright? Everybody alright? Alright. Harry mocked me this morning. He said I, I'm going to go off on a tangent here and, he, and it's okay. He was only kidding by the way. Okay. <laughs> Years ago I was in Cambodia and uh, they asked me to preach in an upper room true story. And it was 100, I believe it was 110 degrees in that upper room. So they escorted me through the crowd and they took me up these back steps into the upper room. The upper room was probably about half the size of the sanctuary. They had about probably 300 people packed into that waiting for the preacher to come from America to talk to them. And I did this very, not this message, but I did this acrostic with them about the water of Jesus Christ. It's safe water. Number one, S, it satisfies. You, you believe on Christ receiving as your Savior, you're going to be satisfied. I guarantee it. it. A, it's abundant. Never runs dry. Never runs dry. It's always there for the empty bottle. It's always there to be filled, refilled, recovery, all those re-words, I'm telling you, that's the water of Jesus Christ. It's satisfying. it's abundant. F, it's free. You know, I went down there at 8 o'clock this morning, or no, 7.30 this morning and had to buy all these bottles down there. Isn't it, money, isn't it amazing that you've got to buy water now today? It's free. But the greatest part of it is the E. It's everlasting. Like the woman at Samaria who came to Jesus at the well, when you come to the well that only Jesus can provide, you not only leave the, uh, the, with the water you thirsted for completely satisfied, you leave with the well himself to never thirst again. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Come and see, go and tell. Witness is the challenge. His water is the thirst quencher. We just have to go and lead them to the water. And then we have to hope they'll drink it. Now, listen to me. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. I love my church anniversary Sunday. It's just two weeks away. Let's not make that Sunday about us. Let's make it about those in need. And we can make a difference here with an honest attempt to reach out and fill empty bottles. So with that said, there might be someone here today who within the sound of my voice on live stream who is, being, who, is, who is now being honest with God would say, I know, I now know I need to be saved. I'm not drinking of that water and I'm thirsty. Like the woman at the well, give me this water. Give me this water that I thirst not. And I want you to drink of that water of Jesus Christ. How do you get saved? Very simply, admit to Jesus you're a sinner with no way to save yourself. You've broken God's laws and the penalty of that is death. The debt you have to pay is to give up your life. Second, acknowledge Jesus paid the debt. He paid your sin debt and he he took your place on Calvary's crows and that cross and then he rose up from the dead three days later and then finally accept jesus by faith repent of your sin turn away from your sins turn to jesus and accept the free gift of eternal life that's all you have to do and you'll drink of that water for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved if you'll sincerely pray right now something like this dear lord jesus Give me this water. I thirst. I'm turning to you and away from my sin. I accept the offer of eternal life. Please just come into my life and save me and take it over. Is there anyone by chance in this sanctuary that is unsaved, that is right now asking the Lord to save them? I don't want to embarrass you, but I do want to pray for you. If you just raise your hand, I'll just say amen. Is there anyone in here that today... They're giving, you're giving your life to Jesus Christ today. Anybody in here at all, just raise your hand and I'll say amen. And anybody within my voice on live feed, give your heart to Christ. Receive him as your Savior. Let him take over your life, and you'll never thirst again. I turn it over to Mike to close this we hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBCSConnectity. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org the gospel.